Hello, this is Postgres FM, and uh, it's Michael. Hi, Michael. Hello, Nikolai. Oh, and my name is Nikolai, right? So, do you remember the number? Episode, Episode number. 68, I believe now. 68. Oh, yeah, great. And the topic today will be I chose it, and it will be over-indexing. Next time, we will talk about under-indexing, I promise. Right? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, this is the this is the age old thing. I, um, you did a tweet series about over indexing, and this is definitely kind of one big category of issue where both of us have come across people that have added a lot of indexes to certain tables, and that's caused a certain category of issue. But I'd actually say that in the majority of cases that I see that people have performance issues, it tends to be under indexing that's the problem for for their cases. But yeah, maybe another a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Right. Well, right, right, right. If you you start without indexes, uh, just with primary key, maybe maybe even without it, right? Then you find out that that indexes is is a good thing. They didn't teach you when you learn SQL standard uh, about indexes because they don't talk about it at all. But then you discover them, and so right. So we have phases here. Phase one, you discover indexes and understand that lack of indexes hurts your performance, your database performance. But once you discover indexing, I bet you tend to to do what what we will discuss today. You you create indexes too much. Uh, the silliest approach is to index every column, right? Well, and worse, right? Because I, I often give that example and I forget that it's not even only as bad as that because we are often, if you want to, let's say we're trying to optimize a specific query, often the optimal index is a multi-column index to help us get exactly the right conditions and get an index-only scan. And once you introduce multi-column indexes, it's not even just an index per column, it's an index per combination of columns in a specific order. So the, the number of possible indexes, even if we don't start to consider duplicates and overlapping ones, it is not even just the number of columns, right? It's way higher. In general case, the optimal index is multi-column involving some expressions instead of columns and also, <laughs> and also partial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, well, Okay. Okay. So nobody says we always need just one index per table. No, that's not so. Of course, we need multiple indexes. But what I'm trying to state is that having too many indexes hurts not only write statements, but also reading statements, selects. Uh, by the way, my tweet, it's, it's just one tweet. It's not a series. Series is Postgres Marathon, uh, which is about everything not only performance, all things Postgres as well, and just with some practical examples. But in this case, so m many people, when they pass this phase one lack of indexes, and they are in phase two over-indexed, they realize, and it's like it's discussed a lot, that indexes hurt too many indexes, extra index will slightly slow down write statements. And by the way, I have, um, I made a mistake in my tweet saying that deletes are affected. This is my usual mistake. I think I, I made it during our podcast at some, some time as well. Deletes are not affected. Deletes just put X max, uh, 
column value to tuple header and they don't change indexes. So deletes are fine. Affected write statements are inserts and updates. For updates, there is optimization technique called HUT, heap only tuples update, which sometimes works, sometimes not, depending on a couple of important conditions. But my statement is selects are also slowed down and we can discuss like things step by step. Let's talk about writes first, right? So again, inserts and updates. Why are they slowed down? Because when Postgres creates new tuple and each insert, each delete will create new tuple, even if you roll back the operation. If you roll back operation, they will be dead. New tuple will be dead, right? And when a new tuple is created, index entry has to be created in all indexes. It's called index uh, write amplification problem yep. in Postgres. One of the reasons Uber moved back to MySQL, yep. very infamous story, right? And uh, for for inserts, there is nothing you can do because we do need to put additional pointer to each index. But uh, for updates, there is hot updates, heap only tuples. Two st two conditions needed to be met. First is there should be additional extra space in the same page as old tuple. And second condition, you should not change values in columns which are participating in index definition. And it can be even where clause if it's a partial index. So the basic example here is if you have updated add column and by the way, Jeremy Schneider from AWS RDS team mentioned it on in, in the thread on Twitter as well. So if you have updated add column, many people tend to have it, and then you have an index on it. Of course, when you change data, you change updated add value, but it, since it's an index, you never will have hot update for such updates. It's impossible. So idea is maybe you should not index it, try to avoid it, but we. We might want it because probably we want like last 25 updated rows or something, right? So what, like, let's discuss this. What's the best approach here? You have updated add column, you update, which, which maybe by trigger, for example, each update changes uh, this value. But the, what to do? I want fast updates. I want hot, hot updates. So tuple this, is in the I same mean page. This this is one of the things I love about performance that you just get hit with these trade-offs and it's going to depend on your case, right? What's more important to you for that table and what what are you most limited by? What's your most precious right. resource in this case? So I, I don't think there's a generic piece. I think people try and give generic advice. I've definitely tried to do it in yeah. the past as well. And so, sometimes it feels like you can get like an 80-20 rule. This one feels like it's, I know it's a bit of a cliche now, but it really does depend, right? Right, right. Well, but how, like, let's, let's slightly discuss how it depends. First of all, I forgot to mention hot, hot updates. It's when you, like, I explained conditions, but what is hot update? Hot update is, it's when during update, Postgres doesn't need to touch all indexes. So it's, it, because if, if you have 20 indexes, it's hard to touch, touch them. It's expensive and slows down update. And this is because the, tuple in the heap doesn't move page right it's in like the same page get, yeah and we get like a, i think this i can't remember the wording for it but it's like a little bit of extra information gets added to that so it's like a link additional uh, jump inside page right so like yeah. we, index keeps uh, the pointer to the same 
page, same buffer. Basically, like and when we read something, we need to read whole 88 kibibytes block, buffer, page. Mm -hmm. And uh, inside it, old tuple now says there is new version. It's super fast uh, to just jump to new version inside it. And the, the space on the page thing is important as well. Right. Because if you want to optimize for heap-only tuple updates, tables by default have a, a fill factor of 100%, don't they? Right. But you, we right. can reduce that. A Artificial load. To, right. Yeah, but if we if we reduce that to something a little 19. bit, giving a little bit of space by default on each page, yeah, sure. First, our table takes up more space, but in future, we might be able to get that net benefit of our heap only tuple updates right or just uh, this this here we just can benefit from slight bloat we we have because like if uh, some space is left after some tuple was, became dead and then cleaned up by auto vacuum sure. this is how like i mean i i'm sure most times in the world when hot update is executed it was in tables with fill factor being default 100 yeah, probably. <laughs> it's just working because uh, AutoVacuum already cleaned up some old dead tuples. Right. So, okay. And uh, in this case, we, of course, if we have updated that column, we need to decide if we have index on that column and we use it, we rely on it a lot in our queries. For example, give me 25 last, uh, lastly updated rows. In this case, probably we want to keep this index, but we understand that updating updated that will lead to to degradation of this right but of course like we also need to to see the f uh, full picture here if when when we update updated add column change it when we change other columns maybe we already lost hotness feature of our update right because because yeah. we anyway change something which is indexed right? so but in some cases i saw like and i recommended let's let's just maybe let's just get rid of this index on updated add. our updates become very fast because we have too many indexes on this table, right? We need to update all of them. In this case, we have, uh, for example, we have some payload, which is, I don't know, like some JSON, and it's not indexed. We change something there, and automatically we change updated add. In this case, if we don't have uh, index on these columns, neither of them have index. In this case, update is very fast, but how to find recently updated rows. I remember I wrote it a couple of times, uh, relying on the index or either on on ID, if it's sequential number, or on created add column, which is like default now, right, current timestamp, trying to find like, like lossy search, you know, like <laughs> you find more and then if you, if it's not enough, you get next, uh, you, you search by created ad, but you try to find updated ad. It was, it was some for maintenance, some, some approach. I just wanted to, I just, I, I knew I don't want index on updated ad. So I tried to find workaround. It's an interesting, like engineering, uh, task. Uh, but of course it depends on, on the case you have, but it's, it's, it's worth keeping in mind. Such updates are quite slow. Right. Yeah. So, and, and uh, speaking of inserts, probably you just want to insert in batches if you can, because in this case, many tuples will go to the same page and it will be faster compared to single row inserts in separate transactions. Right. So in this case, it might be faster. So we've got the right amplification problem. Uh, right. We've got hot updates, not only hot updates that can help alleviate that, but also 
to be it's, it's another problem of over indexing right if we've indexed loads columns that we don't ultimately need uh, we prevent those so there's there's both sides of that argument and then is there anything else you want to talk about on those before we moved on to things of like course uh, we had a, an episode about index maintenance so the easiest yep. way to uh, improve the performance of uh, right operations uh, excluding deletes i will never forget anymore mm -hmm. uh, you need just to perform index maintenance regularly like once per few months you check all unused indexes and redundant indexes you have so by far and just remove them yeah so by unused indexes we're using um is it i've, I've written it down here is it pg stat user indexes right. uh, and not not just on the primary ideally if you're doing if you're right. using read replicas also on read replicas if you um, have multiple setups check multiple setups because there are d difficult situations for example uh, some software you install uh, to users like to customers oh yeah like have, a multi-tenant thing not not multi-tenant opposite multi-tenant is we have one database and many many oh sure or if multi-tenant also interesting if you have yeah. multiple databases probably you need or multiple tables the same structure happens sometimes mm -hmm. you need to check them all uh, to understand the pattern maybe not of them all like maybe just like 10 percent to understand the yeah. structure but i'm talking about when you install software like for example gitlab you install it customers install it and who knows maybe True. you you checked several several cases uh, index is not used but who knows maybe like five percent of your customers need this index and also time matters you need to check long duration of uh, usage uh, uh, we mentioned example when some indexes is needed a lot but on the first day of each month if you if you happened to check uh, usage uh, you reset statistics in the in the middle of month and checked in the end of month you might not see the pattern uh, well enough so checking usage uh, requires some understanding as well and uh, it should be done carefully yeah. redundant is also like some people have fears that if some redundant index looks like redundant and we know like index on column a is redundant if with is an index on column a and b so our a is on the first place so we consider this index as redundant but what if it's used it, it can be used because it's smaller and the planner thinks cost is lower it's, it's oh, yeah it, it will likely be used because it is smaller right? Um, right, right right but it does yeah you're right um good point so redundant can even be well so redundant can be these overlapping ones like you described but it can also be literal duplicates like postgres doesn't oh, stop yeah. duplicated yeah so postgres doesn't stop you i think that surprises people it doesn't stop you creating the exact same index definition as many times as you want yeah why not so yeah and and uh so just Try to achieve the minimal set of indexes you really need. This is the general advice here. But let's yep. move move on to more interesting and topics well, I, which are not usually discussed. Yeah, I had like a, I had like one at least one more kind of easy one that probably don't need to discuss much. But I think people often forget that they're competing for space in the cache as well. Like if you're in a, in a position where you don't have or your working set doesn't easily fit in memory. The more indexes you're creating, the more competition there is for that limited resource. Right. 
And then the final point was uh, you mentioned index maintenance, but it's also a point if you need to rebuild everything. If you like, for example, there was the the issue in fourteen that was fixed. I think in fourteen point four, we needed to rebuild all our indexes. The more indexes you have, the longer that takes. Like there's there's a few things where the more you have, the more maintenance there is to do. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, indexes de- uh, have degrades over time and you're talking about uh, uh, the case when like we we rebuild index with concurrently option either create index concurrently or re-index concurrently and during this xmin horizon has been held and after vacuum can yeah. delete freshly that apples and optimization was attempted in 14.0 but all versions between 14.0 and 14.3 they have bug in this feature and so Fixed in fourteen dot four, yes, and yeah. So you are right. We we didn't mention basic overhead from extra indexes. It's disk space and also buffer pool usage. Yeah, could put on disk space, space. Yeah, and actually space in uh, the page cache as well. So in memory. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the more indexes you have, the more um, memory you need to to maintain. Postgres needs to maintain them during operations. Even if you don't use them, they need to be updated. So they need to be loaded to the buffer pool to be updated. And it, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> but let's, let's talk about uh, even more like interesting. Like, I, I, I mean, like what we, what uh, this tweet discovers and talks about, probably it's not super big problem, but it's a surprise to many. Uh, like we have a small table or bigger table. We used PGBench accounts and I mean, regular PGBench mm-hmm. with uh, scale like 100, it means like, I don't remember, the 10 million rows or so, like a small, small table. And then we just have, by default, we have only one index, which is primary key on this table. And we just check the performance of primary key lookup. It's simple. At select only workload, uh, PGBench uh, provides by default mm-hmm. with option dash capital hyphen capital S selects only. And then we just check performance, check planning time, check execution time, and then we add one more index. Right? And we see that uh, performance of planning time degrades. And it degrades noticeably, like first degradation is like more than 10%, 16% maybe or so, like if you check even planning time only, right? Execution time doesn't degrade, but planning time degrades. And then one more index also like 9% or so. And then more and more. And then it, this like the speed of degradation goes down a little bit, like to 5%. But each index, each index adds a penalty to planning time 5% or so. It's significant. I mean, like it doubles very quickly by, by I don't know, like by index number. I think eight, nine. I'm nine, looking at 10 indexes, or something. Yeah. Yeah, right. So. Having 10 indexes compared to one index is like twice longer planning time. By the end, we, we uh, reached 20, 20 indexes and the degradation was more than 4x. So more than 300% of to, was, was added to planning time. But uh, there, was, there was additional effect at some point. We will talk about it slightly later. It's even more interesting. But this is like super basic. Index means more planning time to basic queries like primary key lookup. And why is it so? It's because the planner needs to an- to analyze more options for more planned options, right? Obviously, 
Um, is this just to check? We are we adding a, the equivalent like duplicate indexes on the primary key column so it, it basically has a choice of right. all 16 or all 20 of the indexes right. so it has to choose which one is likely to be the lowest cost right 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 so yeah this uh, exactly shows also how bad it, it, it's, it's bad to have too many indexes especially duplicate indexes or unused indexes even for selects but it affects only the planning time and of course if you can get rid of planning time for most of your queries if you use prepared statements and it's easy to check with the same pg bench saying dash capital m prepared and you will see there is no effect like you can add as many as you have and planning time is very small because there is no planning time for most queries it's planned only once and that, then it's reused the same plan All right so it's worth saying that this monday this week uh, pg bench finally like it i waited like honestly waited PG Bouncer. PG Bouncer, sorry. Not PG Bench is for benchmarks. Yeah. <laughs> PG Bouncer, which is still the most popular, I think, puller. Yeah. Right. Although there is competition growing last years. Finally, PG Bouncer got support of prepared statements for uh, transaction pool mode. Uh, transaction pool mode is the most interesting because it like ha has most benefits we discussed pullers as well in our another yep. episode and uh, people who were using pg bouncer a lot of people could not use prepared statements and now they can since this this monday and this is a big big uh, feature and I, I, i'm glad that it happened finally so I, I mean i wanted to say maybe not 15 years but close to it i i waited for it like sky skype released PG Bouncer maybe in 2007, eight or something, like almost 15 years, definitely. So I, I didn't want it like too much, but I obviously observed a lot of projects who would benefit from having this feature. So it's great that it was released, definitely. And uh, how are you going to celebrate? Benchmarking. <laughs> <laughs> Seems appropriate. Well, already, yeah. already benchmarking, benchmark party, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to thank all people who involved into this. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't remember all names, but I, I, I want to mention a couple of them. Jelta Finema Neil, sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong, from Microsoft team, and also Konstantin Knizhnik, who created the la latest version of the patch uh, this spring, I think, from the Neon team. And a uh, couple, of, couple of more folks who prototyped in this direction and I forgot names, sorry, but obviously it's multiple teams, multiple people and teams actually were involved. And that's great to see that it's released. I, knowing the history of PG Bouncer development, I actually expected that this patch won't be merged quite soon. So that's why I said it's super fast. It's not fast. Yeah. Uh, Jelton mentioned that it was like 1.5, like one and a half years of work. But from perspective of 15 years of waiting. <laughs> so anyway, each index adds penalty to planning time. It's probably very low, sub-millisecond for small cases. But it might be already like millisecond, depends. Uh, for primary key lookups, which are very frequent, for example, thousands per second, it's a lot of CPU time. And now you can, if you use PG Bouncer before this Monday, you could not use it. Now you just need to switch to prepared statements and... Uh, and uh, enjoy that CPU goes down at least a little bit. 
right? And primary key lookups will be much faster now. What? Give me your skepti skeptical uh, opinion about uh, uh, optimization on sub-millisecond timing. Yeah, well, uh, well, firstly, I commend anybody that actually looks into this stuff and benchmarks it and shares the data. I think that's a step that people often miss when they're talking about generic advice around this. And it, I mean, I saw the numbers shared around, I think it's dangerous, isn't it? Like you share data and then people quote it without looking into it themselves. So even the PG Bouncer stuff, they, they ran some synthetic workloads and showed it was between 15.15% to 250% faster on depending very much on the synthetic workload used. And I've seen some people then quote that saying it's minimum 15% improvement to all workloads yep. it's like that's not what it means right so i think it's like it is a bit dangerous to say that without checking for yourself like check right. do testing and do do your own research but so that's kind of where i want to go with this uh degradation of query planning time the graph that you've done is great but the y-axis is only like even at the 400 percent uh degraded query planning time we're talking about a total of 0.1 milliseconds on average planning. Time. Right. Uh, first of all, a it's, of a not a, it's not a mistake in that tweet. I, I'm fixing it in, in uh, the final repository of these how-tos, uh, nice. these problems will be solved. I I hate when people, in this case, it, wa it was not people, it was Charlie Pitti who wrote this graph with this advanced <laughs> data analysis. It was a bunch of Python. If you say don't do it, it, it won't do it anymore. So you, you shouldn't start uh, y-axis uh, not from zero, right? It's all, it should be always from zero, right? I, I agree generally, but I wasn't even talking about that. I was talking about the the other end of the y-axis. Like what's the what's the maximum average planning time even at 20 indexes let me, here? Let me explain from this point of view. For most uh, quite heavy queries, the planning time is like the smallest fraction of everything, right? So, yeah. It, it, and optimization, if you even, even if you go to zero planning time, probably won't be very noticeable. But that's why I'm keep talking, I keep talking about primary key lookups or other index scans or index only scans when uh, we have execution time is very small and planning time compared to execution time it becomes noticeable, sometimes exceeding. And in our, like, if you have a table, and create 20 indexes. In our case, we, we, we showed that planning time is already four times more than execution time. It's 80%. And if you remove it from the picture, it's 5x improvement. For Of course, we talk still talk about like sub-millisecond queries, but if you have 10,000 of them per second, it's significant, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, I completely agree. And I, I'm a big fan of this. Even in your example, you show that even with only one index, planning time is about double execution time. So we're talking about significant planning time here, regardless of how many uh, indexes there are, if you're looking at it in relative terms. I'm just saying for people that want to hear these numbers, check for yourself on your own data as well, because um, we're talking about 0.1 like you say sub millisecond but it's a it's not even that it's sub a tenth of a millisecond it's like another order of magnitude yeah power. yeah yeah. of course it's because in our case uh, this case was a very small table again 10 million rows yeah. it's not nothing 10 million rows it's like these days it's it's small <laughs> so on to more like specific things i 
I would be interested. I don't see many people. Like I do see some duplicate indexes, but what's the what's the same effect on of having twenty indexes when they're not all on the primary key? Like my understanding is that this was this effective planning time because the planner had That's to consider a good question. different. We should check. But that so again, like most people don't have that kind of. I've got twenty indexes on the table. They don't have them all on the primary. Good question. Key we will double check this path as well. <laughs> like like in, indexing different column, which yeah. like. For planner, it should be obvious that uh, index, checking those indexes doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't make and sense. I mean, doesn't make sense. But but who knows uh, if if planner has yeah. this optimization? Let's check. I wanted to say there is another test uh, Vitaly Kuharik created uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Actually, checking this new feature in Page Bouncer and uh, CPU load was like uh, just again moving from one index to twenty index. And we've prepared statements through page bounce, everything. Uh, CPU load uh, went from 80% to, to 40%, so two times less. Oh, nice. Just switching to prepared through page bounce. So this is uh, like, but again, it's a very specific case, primary key lookups, yeah. indexes, extra indexes on the same column. A real case can be very, very different from it. Yeah. And then one more thing that you don't, in fact, we should discuss here that where the graph changes uh, uh, shape a little bit um but before we do another like thing i've realized we haven't talked about is a case that does hit people pretty hard which is too many indexes plus partitioning with uh dodgy yeah, let's let's switch to final topic which yeah, okay. is like should be the like a cherry on the top of this cake yeah uh, when you reach like for this particular case, simple query, one table, primary key lookup, you just add extra indexes. No other tables are involved. The thing is that when you reach uh, index 15 and add index number 16, uh, degradation is much worse. But only if you have multiple session experiment. I mean, if, if like it's if just one session, you won't notice it probably, but in concurrent environment, when ma- many sessions uh, run this primary key lookup, they at, when you add index number 16 and number of tables and indexes altogether exceed 16, this threshold hard-coded in source code. In this case, you start observing additional degradation from a log manager behavior because, and it, it can be observed as a weight event, uh, lightweight log, Weight event type is light, light LW lock. And the weight event itself is called lock manager. So lock manager starts doing some additional work because it, the thing is that when you just run some select, this select is going to acquire a lock on, on the table and all its indexes, even if they don't participate in uh, the plan at all like you don't need them but still you need postgres needs to acquire access share log uh, to block possible ddl basically right so like and it it will be released only in the at the end of transaction so to acquire a log log manager needs to deal with uh, with memory so like uh, there are sp- like slots basically and wh- when it, it's doing it it needs this lightweight log so your transactions select transactions start competing for this log acquisition. I mean, they're not blocking each other, but acquisition like takes some time additional. Bef- why it's 16? Like before that, there's, yeah. there's a thing called fast path. And there is another algorithm uh, which is not like not full fledged checking. 
it's faster. But once you need more than 16 accessory lock, this is the lowest heavy lock accessory. And lock. is this like a hard coded number or what, where's this 16 coming from? It's, uh, it's a hard coded number. It's called FP lock slots per backend. Fast path lock slots per backend is 16. Quite old thing. And, uh, and that's it. So even if you have uh, like 100 or more vCPUs, terabyte of memory, this hard-coded number can hit you badly. Mm -hmm. And one, why, why I switched to this topic? Because partitioning can be involved here. Because partitioning is multiplier of a problem. If you, for example, have a simple selects to some table and you have 15 indexes, relation... I mean, table. Relation means, in Postgres terminology, relation is both tables and indexes. It's called relation. Okay, because, okay. so table plus 15 indexes, it's 16 relations. You, all, all logs will be fast path. By the way, a comment on, on, on it's, it might look surprising that we need to log all indexes, even if they don't need them. Yeah. It's so. But it's so, yeah. But I, I'm curious if it would be implemented differently, like virtual locking for indexes. If table, like indexes do not live without uh, tables. If table is locked, we could consider indexes also locked. Like uh, it's additional check in some pieces of code, but maybe this checking this is uh, less problem than uh, dealing with this fast path versus not fast path. Good question. Oh, by the way, fast path can be seen by hands. You just select from PG logs and there is a column called fast path. But you, when you check in this, you need to do it in another session, knowing PID process ID of your main session. You, you just don't close transaction. You can, if you just say begin, select something and keep transaction open. And then from different session, you look at PG logs, knowing the process ID of the first session. And you will see all, all, all the logs you will see, relation level logs, heavy logs. And you will see which of, of them fast path, which are not, and fast path is 16 maximum. So this, this is hard coded. And uh, there is a discussion on Hacker News. I think there, there, are, there are several discussions. The latest one I started and originally, like, it was maybe no, but... Now T Thomas Wondra proposed some patches. We are going to explore them. So to increase this threshold to 64, for example, or yeah, there are, there are complexities. Did you say hacker news or do you mean hackers mailing list? Sorry. Yes. Hacker, hackers. I was thinking. No, 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 no. Such things are not discussed on hacker news. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> mixing, mixing terms here. That makes way more sense. Let's link them up. I'll do that. PG Bench versus PG Bouncer and Hacker News versus, versus PG Skill Hackers. Of course, yeah, <laughs> sound, sound similar. Sorry for mess. So there, is pro there are proposed patches to raise this threshold and it turned out it's not so simple as I thought originally. Like, you know, like one line, like you just change to 64. No, no, no. There is a big discussion of complexities of this move. And uh, I think it would be great to to move this forward and uh, I, I plan, to, plan to test it. But back to like how it feels. I see several cases when it, it was very bad situation when uh, this uh, lightweight lock weight event came and many sessions are starting to clash, clashing on this, right? And we quickly reach uh, a number of active sessions 
like reaching number of CPUs we have, vCPUs we have, cores we have, and exceeding it, and it puts server on knees. I mean, we have brief outage, like lasting from several seconds to maybe a minute. It's sometimes it's, it's very, it's a bad problem, actually. And uh, it's also a hard problem to understand, but the main, uh, how, how it looks like, you see this lightweight, lightweight log, log manager in, in weight events. So unfortunately, there is not, not, nothing you can do here except reducing number of relations, for example, re removing some indexes or reducing frequency. It happens when frequency is high. If frequency yeah. is low, you won't notice. You can have 100 indexes and uh, they will not, like, there is no contention observed. But uh, if, if, like, you have many indexes and, for example, you partitioned and some queries don't have partition pruning involved in plans, meaning that they need to deal with multiple partitions, maybe in worst case, in worst case, all of them. And each partition has, for example, 15 indexes. Obviously, you have a lot of non-fast path locking involved and, yeah, and it slows down well, lock manager behavior and you see this spike of uh, lightweight lock manager lock contention. Yeah, well, and it can be even like even fewer indexes can be a problem as soon as you've got let's say like 10 partitions and you've, you've five you have partitions a, a, right or or even two. like two indexes yeah it yeah. becomes an issue really quickly and i think this is one of those like com confounding factors where it's not even an issue of too many indexes it's it the main issue is you've forgotten a couple of queries that don't have the partition key in there like a couple of frequent queries that don't have the partition key in ah, the they should be the frequent if they're not frequent it's okay i mean exactly yeah. and it's that and then that hits this issue and then that kind of like uh cascades into other issues so yeah a really good point about this i think this is really right important. so so uh yeah yeah so partitioning but in general, when you, when partition pruning in, in plants is involved, at least in Postgres 14 and higher, if you deal with, if plan is working only with single partition, uh, you won't see logs for other partitions. I just double check manually for, for safety, you know. Yeah. It's so. I, I checked it like a couple of days ago additionally. So it means that uh, you can have 10 indexes uh, and work. By the way, if you join with other tables, Again, more indexes and in like yeah. joins also multiply this problem, right? So if you like, I'm talking about high frequency queries, like mm -hmm. thousands of per second and the lack of CPU power we have for here. Because if you talk about 500 per second and you have 128 vCPUs or 244 with like modern uh, AMD Epic, for example, generation three right in this case probably you won't notice this problem but if you start noticing and it can be noticed early stage you just see weight events popping up you don't have outage yet but already these weight events you should be very careful consider index optimization re reduce indexes check the plans try to reduce frequency and what else ah if if it's primary key lookups back to our situation with planning time if you see planning time is significant here, it's time to consider again, if you have page bouncer, time to consider prepare statements and reduce the this like duration these logs are being held because they are released only at the end of transaction. 
Yep. So nice. Right. So yeah, this this is probably, by the way, one of the biggest performance problems Postgres has right now, uh, which uh, is hard coded. Probably it will be improved, and of course, only projects with high frequency queries experience it. But it's it's an interesting problem. It, I I consider it as similar as subtransaction issues I I studied like a few years ago. So yeah. Oh, by the way, also worth noting that. Uh, the RDS documentation has very good wait event pages. Documentation. Like for, for like most popular wait events, they have a whole page. It's much better than official documentation because it talks also about use cases, what to do, how to diagnose, and so on. And for this particular lightweight log, log manager, they have very good page as well. So worth checking it. I'll put it in the, in the show notes. Good. So... That's it, I guess, right? So, like, don't allow over-indexing. Under-indexing, it's next time. <laughs> yeah, probably most of you listening are still in the in the under... Uh, I would guess most of you are in the under-index stage, I, but the ones that are in the over-index, I'm sure this will be... We, sh- we should have a vote somehow. Like, Do you yeah. feel over-indexed or under-indexed? I can do it on my Twitter and LinkedIn. Yeah, great. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you, for all the listeners. Yeah, thanks so much, Nikolai. See you next week. As usual, if you reach this point, it's it's definitely like we ask you to share it with your colleagues or friends who use Postgres. And also, we also ask you to provide us some feedback and ideas for future topics. Maybe there are no many topics left. What What's your feeling here? We covered everything already, right? No? Yeah, the, I'm finding the more topics we do, the more research I have to do for each one. We get into the ones where neither of us, either one of us knows it. Like, well, actually, this is a bad example because you've done like, part of this research as part of your work anyway. And yeah, I think we're getting having to dive deeper each for each new topic now, or we're having to cover ones that we're less familiar with. So yeah. Uh, but I don't think we're anywhere near running out. Best, uh, best Postgres uh, library best Go library for working with Postgres. <laughs> there are interesting nuances there. So, Honestly, and we've only, like, if you look at the index types, we've talked a lot about oh, yeah. feature indexes oh, mostly yeah. today. I think we did one on Brin indexes, but we've never touched. I don't think we've done Gym, one on fast Gym. update. Don't think so. Well, I think we mentioned it, but not, yeah. yeah Hash, yeah. we haven't talked about. Okay, we'll uh, have some fuel. Don't, don't write us. Okay. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.